0: Welcome to episode number 122, The Healing Path of Sanctification. I am your host, Damon Soka. With the latest wave of COVID and continued isolation, I found myself sick again. Now that by itself really isn't news. Many of us became ill. During this last bout of illness, I found myself again within the grasp of both a moderate incursion of depression and anxiety, and additionally, My autoimmune illnesses, which had finally gone into remission, seemed to be awakened by the COVID explosion within my immune system. Several weeks before Christmas Eve, I had finally been feeling about as normal as I ever have in my life. For the first time in many years, I was able to exercise at a moderate level with the normal side effects, rather than my usual out-for-a-couple-of-weeks type of side effects that had typically been my constant companion for the last decade. The return of both was eye opening and a little defeating all at the same time. It felt as though I had been let out of prison only to be called back once I reached the final gate into the free world. As I returned to my personal prison for a time, I have pondered deeply why the Lord would cause this particular issue in my otherwise enjoyable return to a normal life. I have at times struggled, more than I would like to admit. Trying to understand the realities of discipleship. I have attempted to be patient with the Lord, understanding at least in part that the Lord has His purposes and reasons for allowing serious difficulties in our lives. I guess trying harder to practice what I've been preaching all along. In all of my pondering, scriptures, prayer, I've come up against what I will call the dilemma of sanctification. Yes, I have named this episode the healing path of sanctification, but Often, the dilemma comes before the healing. Interestingly enough, the healing path of sanctification appears only in the past. It is very rare that we are able to view, with spiritual or even mortal eyes, the path of sanctification before it is completely upon us. That is the dilemma that we face. Sanctification is the atoning process of motivation, purification, which in turn changes our actions. It is the process of a change of heart and a refining of pure motives and celestial behaviors. However, it is near impossible for us to see the end from the beginning. Not because we could not understand, but because sanctify- sanctification is not a book-learning process. It is an experiential process. We must experience sanctification through divinely inspired trials that help us to refine the who we are, and what we desire to become. There exist many refining and sanctifying moments recorded in the scriptures. And even for the prophets, these experiences were gut-wrenching, difficult, and hard to understand from the moral perspective. Certainly, Joseph Smith probably would not have cried out, O God, where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? Had he fully known and understood the refining that was taking place in his own life, and the lives of the saints. Had he fully known or could fully comprehend the value of Liberty Jail and the role it would play in generations of church members, I am certain his prayer would have been full of gratitude for the gifts of refinement he and the saints obtained during what appeared to be a very dark time for Joseph, his companions in captivity, and the church in general. What I love about this prayer is that even the prophet of the Restoration found it difficult to view his own sanctification until after the trial had passed. He could only see later in his life just how much Liberty Jail had refined him and, of course, the church. The same can be said of Nephi, Paul, Peter, Jonah, Job, and Abraham. Each had to push on into the darkness. Nephi came to see the blessings of a difficult desert journey only in Bountiful. Job struggled to understand why his blessings had All of a sudden, been removed, and Jonah really could not understand why the Lord didn't destroy his enemies. While we all desire to be sanctified and to have our hearts changed, the operation that spiritually changes hearts tends to be viewed only from the perspective of the past. In the midst of the heart operation, we like Joseph Smith and even the Savior cry out, Let this cup pass, because sanctification is a painful, confusing, Exhausting, walking in the darkness type of experience. But sanctification is a requirement of celestial life. And whether we really want to admit it or not, we signed up for it when we were baptized a member. To each of us, the experience of sanctification will come based on our preparedness and really because we chose mortality. Because of the necessity of the purifying process for celestial life, the Lord cannot withhold it from us. But we can, like Laman and Lemuel, in Bountiful, refuse to learn from it. I realized from my own experiences just how necessary this process is to our lives. For me, it has been almost my entire life. I sometimes wonder if I am that weak, or if I just take more time than most to learn my lessons. I really can't say. I think that is one of the more perplexing experiences in my own life. Just how much the Lord has, in a sense, chastised me and perhaps better said, mentored me. I know that our lives are tailored to the experiences we most need, but in the midst of the struggle, in those mists of darkness, it is difficult to see why. There are some things, though I have learned about this sanctifying process, if I have not learned, I certainly have not learned everything, that I probably find both incredibly important and telling about the Lord's designs and purposes. The first of these understanding the revelations is that we are rarely told when the puri- purifying process will begin or when it will end. The Lord appears to prefer that these experiments occur ad hoc, at least from our perspective. I've rarely heard the Lord reveal exactly what he will do to sanctify us before the event occurs, and this appears to be true no matter if you are the prophet or the newest member. I suppose there exists good reasons for this covering of the Lord's design. If we knew ahead of time everything would be called to pass through, we would likely shrink and ask that the cup pass from us before it is even before us to drink. That would stunt our growth tremendously and perhaps cause disagreements with the Lord that really shouldn't happen. It is always interesting to me just how important the moment is that we realize we are in one of these flares of chastisement. Often the knee-buckling that occurs is good, both for the soul and the body. We find ourselves rehearsing the same, O God, where art thou, as Joseph did in his own extremities after sustained and prolonged incarceration in terrible conditions. That moment, or perhaps several moments, we call out to our Father for relief brings with it the necessary humility for the Lord to begin the spiritual heart transplant process. Once we've accepted our moment of deep struggle, the Lord then can begin to support us and make the necessary changes to our spiritual lives. The second of these understandings or revelation about the sanctifying process is that it takes time. Brief moments of difficult circumstances can often be sustained without any real change to our spiritual conditions. Only a prolonged and sustained trial can produce what the Lord desires in us. Time is the element that is most difficult and yet most edifying to the process. Often the longer the process, the more refining that occurs. However, time is not the only element that is necessary, and the time frame can be lengthened or shortened depending upon our response to the difficult trial. Yes, the time frame does depend upon us and our willingness to submit to the Lord like a child to his parents. This giving of free will is no easy task and requires that we not only recognize God as well God, but it also requires that we fully accept that he knows best, even if best means greater pain, greater suffering, greater humiliation, and greater mists of darkness. The third difficulty of these sanctifying trials or understandings is that we are often not able to see the end from the beginning. I think that if we could see the growth that our trial would produce in us, into the future and even eternity, I believe that at times, not all the time, but at times we would do better, We would be better able to endure our trials. But the trial of sanctification requires the element of the unknown. The mist of darkness do have a divine purpose. Certainly, they obscure what we can see, but in so doing, we must fully trust the Master and his purposes. When we cannot see the path, then we must trust that it is there, and that the Savior would not lead us astray. Now, this walking in darkness seems to be a necessary part of the purifying, creating, and developing trust and loyalty to the Savior and the Father. This walking in darkness causes all types of problems for mortality— As I have frequently discussed, our minds do not like the unknown, in fact so much so that our minds will do whatever it takes to understand, and that even means filling in blanks of revelation. Yes, often in our severe difficulties, or those severe difficulties cause us to feel things that do not come from the Lord, but feel very true. This can be the nature of receiving a healing blessing we feel is the one blessing that will fully heal us, only to relapse into our illness again. This can be a prayer of faith that tells us our suffering will end soon, but our illness continues to vex our souls. Learning, true revelation, and the voice of the Spirit in our distress is one of the most difficult skills of mortality. Our minds desire resolution and understanding. We want to understand fully how, when, what, where, and why, and discerning between our voice and that of the Spirit when our body is racked with pain Paralyzed by anxiety, disillusioned by depression, is by nature very difficult, but incredibly important to our eternal welfare. So the Lord mercifully allows us to struggle with his voice during our trial of faith. Part of the struggle is by nature learning humility, and part of the struggle is simply learning to discern the voice of the Lord among the other voices that are so prevalent in our minds. Fourth, our minds and bodies are tuned to avoid pain and suffering and to seek out comfort. Our mortal systems, by nature, are really designed to avoid pain and suffering. It makes good sense to have a body that avoids such things as pain and suffering, as those feelings tend to be destructive to the body and lead to death if they are ignored. So our mortal body's design is to avoid the sanctifying trial and to remove itself at every opportunity. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking the balm of Gilead and working towards healing. The Lord desires that we do what we can to help ourselves, and in turn, that is part of the process. However, to seek healing without the Lord often turns very problematic. To seek only the healing of the mortal world causes us to ignore divine aids and to see the problem as a purely mortality issue rather than a divine intervention or a trial. More often than not, individuals will become frustrated with the mortal processes and find mortal healing less than desirable. They will become as Laman and Lemuel, who only saw their suffering as keeping them from the happiness they would have enjoyed in Jerusalem, not the destruction that eventually waited them. To seek healing without the Lord often only causes bitterness, unhappiness, deep struggle, and often even greater suffering. The healing path of sanctification requires that the Lord not only be part of the process, but fully integrated into the trial. Without the understanding that our our trials have greater benefits beyond mortality, and that the Lord knows what he's doing, our suffering is no better than a dose of castor oil on a regular basis, of no real value to our soul. Fifth, and finally, the path of sanctification and purification of the soul is a very personal process. Comparisons are futile when it comes to the individualized tutoring by the Lord. I cannot compare my mental illness or my autoimmune suffering to anyone else. First, we all come with very different spiritual beginnings and learnings to this earth in the sense of premortality. And what we need to learn personally cannot be compared with someone else. Second, how we learn both depth and speed will be very different from our brother or sister. Included in this depth and breadth of learning and becoming will also be the idea that we all learn just a little differently, and truly only the Savior knows exactly what is best for us and what is needed during our trial, and that means the difficulty, depth, and length of our problems. The personal nature of that process can, if allowed, draw us into the Savior, and we can become sufficiently humble and submissive to accept His direction and his purifying hand. In fact, that is part of the process, to bring us to our knees so that the Lord can then work with us. Until we are on our knees and sufficiently humble, the spiritual heart operation or transplant really cannot move forward. So some part of this purifying process is simply to get us sufficiently humble to allow the Lord more fully into our lives. Now while I still at times, personally struggle with my own trials. I do not fret about it or concern myself too much with the idea that I struggle. Struggling is good if the struggle involves the Lord. I do not concern myself too much with the lack of divine revelation during my trials, as I do expect at times the Lord is allowing me to work through it. And when the time is right, he will answer. I no longer worry if I have a relapse or a difficult day, week, or month, knowing that I can honestly discuss my concerns with the Lord and he will provide the necessary relief as he, see fit, as he sees fit. Yes, I do still struggle with a mist of darkness over my path and my feet. I am by nature a planner and a scheduler and I would much rather see the path. But my trials have at least taught me a little trust in the Lord. And that he has provided a path large enough for me to work through my difficulties without falling off the cliff edge. Yes, mortality still has its way with me from time to time, and I think that the Lord in his mercy has a wide margin of error when he places us in very difficult circumstances for long periods of time. So what is my bold statement in all of this? The troubles we face and the difficulties we encounter in this life are not by chance or happenstance. The sanctifying path is a spiritually healing one if we allow for the Lord to be part of the process. Yes, our bodies might not be the same after we have faithfully endured, but our spirits will be forever changed. And by the way, we get new bodies. Talk to you next week. Remember to do your part so that the Lord can do His.